0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, raw and frank conversations. My curiosity and impatience in seeking success has encouraged me to create a Half Dozen Things podcast. I designed it to bring you simplicity and discovery back to the forefront of your lives. We are all such busy people, it's easy to overlook the simple things we could be doing to achieve wealth, success and happiness. I'm actually back to school with the teachers. So in this episode, I'm speaking to ex-teachers who run a parent's guide to GCSE. They have their own podcast and membership group on Facebook, and they've also written a book, and it's an absolutely fantastic community that they run, supporting parents who are really struggling to engage their children in their education. So some fantastic insights shared today. Have a listen. Hope you enjoy it. Fantastic episode. So the red light's rolling. Um... Good morning and uh, welcome to a half dozen things podcast um, it's great to have you guys here these guys host uh, the parent guide to GCSE podcast and uh, super super exciting so would you guys be able to just introduce yourselves for our listeners please
1: yeah, so I'm Emily. This is my husband Paul, and uh we run the Parent Guide to GCSE and the Parent Guide to Post 16 as well. So we support parents whose children are doing their GCSEs or whatever they're doing in Post 16, and helping them get through the stresses and strains with as little nagging as possible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know too how familiar that is. My uh, stepdaughter's 14; she's just going into Year 10 now. So um, yeah.
1: You got it all to look forward to. Oh yeah, know,
0: I think so. Um, my others are a bit younger, so she's the project, and we're learning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what led you guys to to sort of do what you're doing now? And what's your background then?
1: So, we were both teachers for what feels like forever. We uh, we met on our first day at our second and final placement of teacher training, and the rest has been history. Really, I did 15 years, and you did 16. Did. And uh, that's we, we both got to the point where we just weren't loving the job anymore and we needed to get out and do something different. And I decided that my sanity was more important than my salary and uh, started up various attempts at businesses to uh, get myself out of teaching, which all kind of led us here. Mm. had a bit of a, a light bulb moment when our daughter was in year five at the time, I think, and she, we were part of a Facebook group for parents for that year group. And there was a parent who posted on there, I'm so stuck with this homework, it's bar modeling for maths, like we never did this, because it's a fairly new method of teaching things. How do I help her? And my brain kind of went, ding, nobody's helping parents. Why is nobody helping parents? There's stuff out there for kids, there's stuff out there for teachers, there's nothing out there for parents. And as a parent, that's incredibly frustrating, because you don't know how to help, and you don't know where to get answers. And
2: parents' evening. Five minutes is yeah. just never going to help any parent to, to understand what is required.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. so uh, we, we took a look. Sure enough, nobody's helping parents. It wasn't just me imagining it. So uh, we thought we'd give that one a whirl. And here awesome.
2: we are. Also. Awesome. And it- and with the teaching, it was the first, because we've you know, that was about 15 years ago, I guess 16 years ago that we first started, you know, the first seven to 10 years, you know, it was a good job. We enjoyed it. We, yeah. you know, it's good salary. You just keep doing what you're doing. But there came a point where we kind of just started looking at each other thinking, this is getting worse, <laughs> much worse. And it was, I think once you make that decision, it just, you start identifying why the job is so difficult and how it is getting harder. And that's, I think what prompted the initial kind of, Discussions about what else can we use our skills for, and then the light bulb moment. The rest, uh, I guess, is history. So
0: amazing, and it's been going well for you so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good, got, good. Uh, lots of happy customers, and um, it's been a fairly full-on year because this is just off the back of all of the exams being cancelled due to COVID and things. So if you're listening oh. to this in the future, that's where we're talking about. So I spent mm. most of the summer interpreting vague government announcements for parents and had thousands of parents on our facebook group just tuning in every time i was going live because it meant they got the actual useful information out of it the kind of what's relevant to them what does it actually mean for them and their kids because that's what you weren't getting from the media so much you got lots of spin depending on who you listen to but you didn't get much of the actual what it means, how does this yeah. affect me yeah, yeah. so uh and it's just
0: deteriorated ever since hasn't it
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and the problem with those interpreting vague announcements was that the next day you had to do it all over again because there's been a slight change to the announcement and they'd either flip-flopped or it was it was bizarre it was literally yeah. just waiting for your phone to go off with an off call announcement on twitter click into it to read what it was about and and then go live again and uh so emily was a bit of a star over the summer
0: oh amazing is <laughs> he <laughs> amazing no that's awesome and I, I, I can see exactly why you are so in demand as well so absolutely fantastic so your your half dozen things uh, in this episode are consistency and keeping customers happy uh, continued mm-hmm. learning which obviously I'd expect from you guys that's that's awesome uh, being yourself mindset and mentors so super super excited to, to delve into these with you and just sort of explore um, explore the outcomes and and the insights that you've got to share so tell me a bit more about why consistency is so important if I, if that's okay.
1: I think it's just, it's about making sure people get what they expect from you. If you are inconsistent and you email three times one week and then you don't email them for another four weeks, people don't know what to expect. Whereas if you Mm. rock up Mm. in their inbox every single week without fail, then they know that you're there, you're delivering useful content. It means they're more likely to open your emails Mm. because they know kind of what to expect. They know they're going to be getting value and, and it's not just... Kind of sporadic and here and there and only emailing when you've got something to sell them that kind of thing
2: so i mean the whole business model is basically based on that weekly email which sits alongside all the content on the website but we have to be in touch with them every week just to To drip feed because if we give them too much in one go, uh, generally they don't they don't absorb it they don't make the most of the information we're giving them so yeah it's kind of we started it at you know when we first started the company or the the business that's what we did and we just developed it over the last eighteen months or so
1: yeah so we deliver basically a bite sized chunk of information to parents each week via email. Mm-hmm. so that they're not getting too much all at once. Cause the quickest way to lose a customer is to overwhelm them mm-hmm. with just too much to do. Cause then they feel like I can't keep up with this. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So tiny little bite-sized chunks is the way forward. And you can only do that by consistently drip feeding it. So of course. it's, um, I mean, it applies to everything, the, the consistency of what you do, mm-hmm. if you maintain consistent quality, consistent communication, con- consistent customer service, then you know that you're doing the right things for your customers.
2: Absolutely, yeah. That... When, our, when our customers email us, they know generally that they're going to get a response, Got it. probably within the hour, um, even though that's not necessarily part of the service, mm. what they pay for, but it's just good customer service. So therefore, we always try and get back to them immediately, even if we don't know the answer. we'll we'll let them know that we are onto it and we will find an answer fantastic
0: and um i suppose that takes a lot of planning for you guys sort of in into the future have you sort of mapped out sort of the journey that you're going to be taking your clients on over a period of time
1: yeah we've got the whole basically a kind of steps to success things so we mapped out the different stages that you go through in the journey with your child whether that's through gcse or post 16 and you start off with your kind of with the mindset stuff which we'll come back to i guess through then so it's getting your head straight so that they're coming at it with the right attitude because that makes a massive difference and then looking at their organization skills so have they got a structure for their notes have they got a revision plan are they set up so that they can do all the right things really easily Um, and then they go through the actual how do you learn and the revision skills that they need and then they've got the crunch time exam technique stuff and it's it's a fairly consistent pattern throwing in some stuff about planning for the future when you get to post 16 but we've used that to then map out the topics that we're going to do all the way through the year so our customers can see in advance what are we going to cover and when are we going to cover it so uh, yeah it's fully mapped out and organized
2: we're in year two so yeah we've already been there seen it done it but obviously we always want to improve stuff so but one of the key things is we can't can't give too much information if you give too much information every week it just starts to lead to i can't actually action this as a parent i just need small bite-sized chunks so we're just editing what we've already done um adding in our post 16 content which is new for this year
1: yep
2: Um, a lot of work to
0: do Fantastic, yeah, fantastic, and um, I suppose that setting of the expectation as well, as you as you sort of set the expectation for the journey that you're going to take your your customers on as well, and that leads really nicely into our second area, which is keeping customers happy. Um, so what what is it? You've got quite a unique um, prop, proposition, I suppose. Is is the right way of putting it? It's a unique proposition which no one else is really doing. So how? I, I imagine you guys have to think a lot harder than, than your normal generic type businesses as to what exactly is it that, that that people that are following you and listening to your work want.
1: Yeah, but we're also going from experience. So with our, between us, 30 plus years as teachers, we know the journey that everyone's going through. And then we've done this with our own kids. So we've got 18 uh, year old twins, one of whom has already left for uni, one is off tomorrow-ish. Um, and times. Oh, it is terrifying, but uh, feeling very old right now. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've so we've kind of seen it from both perspectives. We've seen what they're experiencing at school. We know exactly what the kids are being told and what is expected of them. And we know from the other side that kids don't come home and tell their parents that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you very quickly get past the, oh, I did all these amazing things at school today. And then you get into the, meh, I don't know. Or the, it was fine. You get the grunts. Yeah, if you don't get the detail you don't find out what's expected mm. you don't find out that they've got coursework due in until they're starting to panic because it's due in tomorrow and they haven't started it yet so it's helping parents keep on top of the stuff that they want to know but mm. they've got no other way to find out really schools don't have time to communicate all of this stuff and they would overwhelm parents if they did because it would all be coming from different departments at different times and things and this way parents know exactly what they need to know when they need to know it Mm. so there's no nasty surprises around the corner which means you know they're not uh, taken by surprise by anything so they're definitely happier and part of what we do is we're the kind of we we can play bad cop if needs be so when your parent tells you to do something odds are as a teenager you're not gonna want to do it just because your parents told you so that's how it works. Psychologically speaking, my mum told me that I should read the Harry Potter books because I would love them. So I did not read the Harry Potter books for about three years, just on principle. Mm-hmm. And she was right. I loved them, but shh, don't tell
0: her. <laughs> of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Keep it a secret,
2: right? Yeah.
1: But because we we're delivering the advice, we're the experts. It's not coming from parents who think they know everything. It's coming from actual experts. So when parents are sitting down with their kids and saying, look, this is what Paul and Emily have said you need to be thinking about this week. That's not, it's not got the same kind of barriers that go up when it's parents Mm -hmm. thinking Mm -hmm. they know everything and nagging. It's no, actually, this is what the experts say. Here's what, look, you can watch the video. You can read the email. This is what they've said you have to do. So it's, it's our fault. It's not parents' fault which takes away a lot of the issues with talking to your kids about this stuff, because normally the barriers go up, you get the eye rolls, you get the shrugs, and that's about it. Whereas this gives them an opportunity to actually talk through what someone else is saying, with their kids and open up those lines of communication, which again means happier because less hmm. nagging required.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And also we've got a really active Facebook community as well. So if, if there is an issue that we haven't covered or mm. what I'm not about to cover, and somebody asks a question about it, it kind of flags it for us that this is clearly something that at least one parent is, uh, is feeling. Mm. It's a good chance that others are, are about to suffer the same pain. So yeah. it gives us you know a perfect platform to get information to them quickly, um, good answers. And again, if we don't know the answer, we, we have a pretty well developed network of people we can ask who uh, who can point us in the right direction. So
1: Yeah, it's one of the reasons why we, we changed up the model slightly <laughs> this year, and we added in uh, two drop-in Q&A sessions live on our Facebook group twice a month, so we've set up a private members-only Facebook group, one for GCSE and one for post-16, and parents can then submit questions in advance, ask questions on the live, and we spend usually about an hour mm. just answering the questions that have come up that week so we've the questions had, are
2: brilliant yeah. they're just so so perfect you know in terms of obviously they need to know the answer but it's just really topical and yeah. even if one parent has asked it whoever else is watching must be thinking oh okay That's really that, that really helps yeah so it's it's so far it's we started it this year it's it's been fabulous really good to see the That's feedback awesome. really good to see the uh, you know, the comments coming through saying oh thank you so much just didn't realize didn't understand i'm going to try that and i'm going to i'll let you know how it goes for two weeks time when the next one is so yes,
1: yeah. it's good
0: awesome awesome and that, that's fantastic because you're, you're essentially crowdsourcing the additional solutions that you're you're going to be offering and that's uh that's a fantastic way to go about doing your business regardless of whether it's with with parents or with uh with with sort of general consumers as well um okay so moving on to the third area around continued learning so um one of the things that was quite interesting for me as as um i uh, as i developed through my school life and then and then out into the real world was um i kind of got made to feel like that's it i've done school now i know everything i need to know and off i go <laughs> and and obviously that's not um that's not how life is and i've obviously learned the hard way that that isn't the case at all yeah can you just explain why that's sort of so important for for business owners but for also i suppose people in general as well uh,
2: well, she's definitely an emily thing she's <laughs> the continued learning thing. she is an avid reader of everything loves her professional development course so over
1: yep. to the boss my course junkie what can i say um, okay. yeah, i think one of the things that don't that you don't realize until you leave home i think is that adults don't actually know what they're doing they're making it up as they go along and learning as they go along particularly with parenting because it's all new i mean i know everybody's done it before like there have been parents throughout history this is how it works to you it's a whole new thing and every new situation that you face you're you're having to learn and it's the same with business if you're not continually picking up on the feedback that you're getting from your customers and looking at ways other people are doing things and taking stuff on board, then you're eventually going to basically fizzle out. It's going to be a blockbuster situation. It didn't move with the times. And so, you know, Netflix blew them out of the water. Hmm. You've got to, you've got to still be learning all of the time. And you can do that in a not too pressured kind of way. I found some really great business books that make a big difference to the way that I think about things. And I try and build in a little bit of reading each day, just, A little block, you know, in the morning to get my brain going or something. Um, But finding kind of the right courses and the right things, and not getting distracted by all of the courses and all of the shiny objects, is uh, is also really important. So we've um, we've been doing a course specifically. No, (laughs) we've been doing a course specifically for people who run membership sites about how to make your membership epic, and it has been some of the best money I've ever spent because. It's just so perfect for what we're doing. Mm. And it comes with a community of people who are doing the same sorts of things and having the exact same issues, which means you can go in and ask, you know, who's using this platform for this thing? What should I do about this email provider versus this one? Because they know because they're doing the same stuff as you. So that kind of that constant input into your brain where you see someone else mention something and you think, oh, that would actually really simplify this part of the process that would really help us to make sure we're retaining customers that would really help us with our marketing Mm. all that stuff it makes a big difference but it is making sure you don't then get overwhelmed by all of the the shiny new amazing things because once you get on a couple of mailing lists you've then got all the affiliates for things going oh you should buy this course Oh, you should buy this course and it can kind of make your brain explode
2: when I think back to uh, our first foray uh, away from uh, the classroom I suppose was um, uh, essentially an SMSC uh, website based around um, form so it's called so, it's called form, formtimesorted.com
1: let me just jump in there smsc for all of us that are grown-ups and, and therefore went to school a little while ago it was basically life skills pshe that kind of stuff
2: okay yeah yeah um, social
1: moral spiritual cultural
2: but when we when we first when the first website was uh, our developer sort of basically handed it over and we looked at it this is amazing, absolutely loved it and and we're so proud, and yeah know, it's, it's like parents of a of a baby just it, it's beautiful no matter what you know even if it's really not and then we look where where the the site is now and it's just got so many more features it's so prettier it's so you know it's just so and that's easier all to all use. a result of of just essentially Emily just sitting there reading and and considering how. Uh, how it can be done better, how it can be more attractive, how it can help schools, how it can help form tutors, and so that that gradual process over the last couple of years, two, well, probably three years now, um, has turned it from basically what was pretty ugly and not particularly helpful into this fantastic site that um, yeah, form form tutors across the the country are using. So yeah,
1: so yeah. It's, I mean you you spoke to Jo Babbalacke not too long ago, and she's very much all about spending time working on your business, not just in your business. And that's what this is all about. If you're learning and then you're spending time implementing what you've learned, that's how you help your business to grow because you're working on it rather than getting stuck in all of the day-to-day nonsense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, okay. So what, uh, what top books have you got to recommend then Emily, apart from Harry Potter? (laughs)
1: Um, Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley and Key Person of Influence, um, both fantastic um he is the reason i wrote my book uh, i blame him um <laughs> uh, what else have i read lately that's been fab i'm gonna open up my kindle and all right look. yeah
0: that's fine so um, Dan- daniel Priestley. Ideas for
1: small businesses.
0: yeah Dan- daniel Priestley's really good i've read uh, i've read kpi and um oversubscribed and also entrepreneur revolution which was a really good book as well um oh, and uh, Yeah yeah entrepreneur revolution really really good worth worth a good read that that did help sort of push me to leave my corporate career and uh and explore the joys of working for myself <laughs> and um yeah so yeah i highly recommend daniel Priestley. if listeners are listening in and haven't listened to him he's got a range of really good books so what else did you find on the kindle uh,
1: so um if probably more aimed at women but if you've got mindset issues <laughs> then uh, you are a badass by jen sincero And You're a Badass at Making Money, same author, both fantastic. And Donald Miller and Building a Story Brand, really interesting.
0: Yeah, great book. Really
1: good for figuring out your messaging and how to make it the right thing that then clicks with your customer Mm. that was awesome and so big ideas for small businesses and routine machine by john lamerton
2: we'll probably come back to him when we talk about mentors shortly we will indeed okay okay Um, there's some ones
0: there there's some ones there that i've not i've not read or i think i've heard of them about being a badass i think i've heard of that but i don't think i've i've certainly not read it um so you recommend that one it's good
1: yeah it is. It's definitely more aimed at women, I think. And why is that? I think it's just the the messaging that she uses, the the challenges that we face in terms of juggling expectations okay. that guys don't necessarily face in the same way. Um, you have your own challenges, but that's kind of what she speaks to. Okay. So I think that's that's probably more more it. Um, and profit first great by book. Michael McCallowitz, also very good. Uh, great um, book. And I think. I
2: mean, I could go on for a um, while. I've got yeah, 70. That, 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 that's <laughs> fine. fine. Just,
0: just picking up on Profit First, which is a great book for, for, for listeners. That's, um, that's a book which uh, explains about the importance of money bucketing and moving money into different accounts. Uh, off the back of reading that book, I created a Starling account. I don't know if you guys have got one, but a Starling account is a free account yeah. and um, you have spaces off the back of it. So yeah. say for argument's sake, you had 10 grand in your bank account, but two grand of it owed to the VAT man and two grand of it's corporation tax and then you've got some employer's uh, tax in there as well. It's very easy as a business owner to get pulled into the fact that you've got 10 grand in your account and that can all be OPEC um, or operating expenses when in reality it isn't. You've maybe only got 1,500 quid operating expenses. So it just helps you separate where that money's got to go because a lot of what you pay out is real loaded. Um, fantastic tool, fantastic model as well, isn't it? And you can just sort of adjust different percentages. And uh, essentially the idea is, is that you, op, you start off trying to operate on sort of 30% of your turnover with OPEC and then pay yourself 50% and then put 15% aside for tax and 5% for profit.
2: Uh, Yeah, really, really good book. And we've been banging on about it to our members um, as we did a um, essentially finance course over the summer. Mm. And uh, it's the only bank account that we've found that does these spaces. And it's so easy. Mm. But it's so effective, and with the boys going to uni, where they're going yeah. to get sort of a three grand you know, bump into their account as their maintenance thing comes through. I mean, it's very easy to think <laughs> I'm rich, but yeah. the majority of that is owed student accommodation, and that bill might be a month later. So mm. they've got to put it to one side. So we've you know, certainly one of them's already set up the account, already got the spaces ready to go. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really really good.
0: Yeah, really really useful tool, and and I suppose actually yeah, fantastic opportunity. Certainly something when I was younger. I was really bad with money um and and i suppose it's a really good opportunity for you guys particularly with um young people going off into university and having to be self-sufficient for a little while then it gives them the opportunity to understand that actually i need that money set aside and uh, use that in the future so Oh fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I'm
1: still trying to get them to read Rich Dad Poor Dad, but I haven't managed to persuade them yet. And I'm clearly doing the wrong thing by telling them as a parent I need to find someone else to suggest it. <laughs>
0: yeah, got you, got you. I tell, I tell you a good book. Um have you come across the Matthew Syed's one which he wrote for young people? You're awesome. No, no I don't think I have. You're awesome. Um okay. so Matthew Syed wrote a book or a couple of books called Bounce and black box thinking Um, black box thinking is about um, the people's approach to um, challenges and when things go wrong and analysing them and how aviation has got so many less Mistakes occur than, for example, the NHS, and it's due to the mindset and what have you. And then bounce is about this, this ten thousand hours practice rule, where essentially Mozart was seen as a young young genius, but actually had had ten thousand hours of practice over however long because he'd he'd done it also So um, that was really interesting. And the, yeah, Matthew Side wrote a book about you are awesome. I got my daughter to read it. She said it was a bit boring, but a lot of it's about ma- mindset of young people. Yeah, really good book. Um, cool, cool. Um, okay, so moving on to the fourth area, being yourself, obviously hugely important, and it's something that, so, and it resonates with me, and I'm just going to go first a little bit here because this massively resonates with me about how important that is because when I, when, when I was in my corporate career, I had to fit inside this little box of like what was expected and the politics and everything else. And I found that really, really challenging. And I found nothing more liberating than first of all, going into business. But secondly, the podcast has just been something else because I've not set any expectations around the podcast. It's main, meant that I've just been able to you know totally express me and be me. Um, so yeah. Why is it so important to you guys?
1: We, we've we had to do the really super formal stuff as teachers and um, not me i am not formal at all and one of the the early things that i spent money on in the business was a copywriting course and it was all about how to speak to your customers though you're chatting to your customer not being all hello this is our business and we're super formal just like chatting as we Mm -hmm. would chat and writing Mm -hmm. as we would talk and using the the contractions so it's not we are it's we're and that in my messaging has made a big difference because it feels like you're talking to people Mm. when you're emailing them and when you're on facebook lives if you're trying to maintain some kind of false super professional which is totally not me kind of facade it it doesn't work it doesn't come across with integrity and that's Mm. you know people have have seen me make daft mistakes they've seen somebody trying to call me while i'm on a facebook live and i'm like oh, shh, trying to press the buttons frantically yeah, i am a human being
2: and the cats will jump um, up and, and oh, sort yeah. of um, stick their backsides in the camera and it's just all part of you know <laughs> the less formal approach that we have i mean mm. <clears throat> i've written some content before lots of content and sometimes you know we always proofread uh, one another's uh, copy and sometimes it's, it is just too formal and you know mm. it, it just needs to be loosened up a little bit it's something that emily's much better at yes. than i am but he
1: calls it the, oh, nice, uh, the yeah. nice. because <laughs> i just go in and, and swap out some words and use the word awesome a lot more <laughs> usually and yeah, yeah, extra, add extra add extra a few,
0: awesome, few awesomes in and amazings yeah. and that sort of thing yeah i love it yep. Of emojis here, yep. a couple of emojis there just to sort of make the point, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. so, so you'll hear a little bit of banging in the background. Abby, our marketing manager, just arrived and she's bought me Starbucks, which is
2: amazing. So do you feel jealous? Right. <laughs> <that>
1: for
2: me? <laughs> well, I used to, and then there's a lockdown, and I've just exactly. Starbucks hasn't been part of the life That's since true. then, even though we have one literally 20. Well, I should say. 30 seconds up the road yeah. if you put your foot down. So yeah. it's literally a dual carriageway yeah. to Starbucks Yeah, and back. I do I do love a Starbucks, I must say. It's getting
1: expensive. <laughs> yeah, I do, do, do it's love good Starbucks.
2: though
0: for
1: getting, getting out of my own head. If I'm at home and I'm, I'm kind of starting to spiral with I've got too much to do, I'll go to Starbucks or pre-lockdown. I'd go to Starbucks and just sit there because for some reason that helped me focus. The, the background noise, mm. the stuff going on, and the lack of distractions like mm. there's not the tv calling me and there's not people arriving at the door and stuff so i could just crack on it um i've, I've missed that i've got to say mm. during the lockdown yeah
0: absolutely. although my
1: bank balance has not missed mm-hmm. that because yeah <laughs> of course. and, and, so, and
0: yeah. it's a huge saving isn't it it is a huge saving not not going but it does give you that uh that, that sort of change of scenery it makes a massive difference i find you know it, it really really does um yeah it's been sort of being yourself is um is absolutely vital i think for as well one of the things it helps me do is i've been able to focus a lot more and sort of really think about what it is i want and and sort of find myself um have you sort of found that sort of over the last 18 months or since you've taken a step away rather than having this facade um of the expected or the expectations on you um being able to step back and just really being able to focus on you and what you want. And that's been able to really sort of broaden, um, broaden your outlook. Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, I mean, you're more recent uh, to the stepping yeah, away. I mean, How are you finding mean,
2: the, the whole teacher um, life, I suppose, it, it, you have to be formal. It's the whole, it's part of the, the main part of the job probably. And to sort of step away from that and just mm-hmm. be able to be myself and, you know, it, it's just really liberating. Just uh, I, I, there was always the discussion debate about, you know, can I afford to go sort of part-time? Can I just stop? Because uh, obviously earning money is, is important. So, you know, I, I stayed on longer in teaching than Emily did just so I could be the responsible adult earning the kind of the salary whilst Emily developed the business.
1: Cause I'm not a responsible adult. Mm-hmm. And yep. <laughs> probably never will
2: be. Um, yeah. But it, you know, now we have both stopped. Cause I did a little bit of work last year for schools. I, I, I really struggled to, See me wanting to even think about going back, even if it was a day here, a day there, just to help out. Yeah. I, I don't like that formal approach where you have to, you know, be in a certain place at a certain time and present a certain way and and mark in a set.
1: Just wear a tie. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I.
2: I think I've thrown all my ties out.
1: I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I found some when we were clearing out the other day. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> love you've that wedged them in one of the kids' wardrobes. And um, yeah, it's the ability to just be yourself is, is liberating is definitely the word. <coughs> and I think we've both learned things about ourselves working so very differently now. I mean, if nothing else working. So we've been working from home with the kids at home throughout lockdown and mm. um, together. And that could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. and And I'm sure it has done for a lot of people who've been stuck in close proximity to mm. their other halves because you don't have the space. You can't escape if they're getting on your nerves because there's been nowhere to go. And we'd had, we'd had an issue early on where Paul, when Paul first quit, so we're currently in our lounge, which is my office in the corner. Um, and so we'd, we'd been sharing this. Paul had first quit and come to work in the business. And we'd been sat in the lounge, tapping away on our computers, Kind of separate seats, all very happy for I don't know, a week and a half, maybe two. And I thought everything was fab; I was loving it. And then Paul stopped and he said to me, "We need to talk." And my heart stopped. It's like, how have I this? What have I done? This is this is never a good thing. What have I done? And he followed it up super helpfully with, "This isn't working." So I'm I'm in full-on panic mode now. How have I how have I scared off my husband in a week and a half of working together? This is terrible. And then he explained. I'm gonna to have to sit and work in a different room to you i love you but you do talk to yourself quite a lot and i know i'm supposed to be <laughs> listening when you're talking i think it's his husband instincts kicking in I'm supposed to listen when the wife mm, is talking good. in case it gets mm. expensive yeah and, and so i was just distracting him every time i was chatting away to my computer like where, where have you why, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to be doing he's getting distracted from what he's doing and uh, since he then moved into the other room to work all the time We've been we've been much more chilled, haven't
2: we? <laughs> I mean if I wasn't listening, I mean often I would get in trouble at certain points and sometimes she'd be like, Oh, that looks like a really good course. It's only two thousand pounds. Can I go? <laughs> And I might just, you know, if I wasn't paying attention, I'd just, yeah, well, yeah whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Smile and
2: nod. So I, I have to pay attention. So that's <laughs> why we had to do separate rooms. And it's now, and now we're now at the stage, though, because it's, you know, lockdown for everyone has been, you know, challenging for many different reasons. But we've had, you know, the, the twins are 18, they uh, so they finished in, as everyone did, I guess, yeah, uh, on March the 23rd. So they've been here literally. You've no schoolwork
1: to do. because yeah. A level's done. done.
2: So it's been six months uh, with them. You know, they, they sort of go and live with their mum sort of half the week. And so it's all been sort of, you know, uh, a bit sort of on and off. And we don't know whether they're coming or going, but we haven't had our offices to ourselves. There's always been either one, two or three children somewhere. And it's not sprawled it's not, across
1: a yeah. sofa. Uh, yeah. It's not
2: a huge house, but from Monday, because uh, Dan goes to, to uni tomorrow so that's both of them gone um and ellie will be at yeah. school as normal uh, we've actually got our kind of i'm not trying to get rid of them don't get me wrong but <laughs> we've got our house back to to do uh, to to do our normal jobs and to be able to focus and and we're actually i think looking forward to that in some respects yeah. whilst missing the boys that we can actually crack on and yeah you know, we've got so much routine work to do. back in yeah. Yeah. yeah so many plans so much to do and it, it, it is more difficult to do that when when you do have all the distractions basically yeah yeah absolutely
0: absolutely and we're now facing that challenge three of ours are at primary school and um the primary school drop-off at the moment is and and parents will resonate with this because it's like a one-way system and we've got one of them needs to be dropped off around like the full circuit first So then we've got to do like two circuits each day as well um, at at Hampton Hargate. And I'm not knocking them because they've done a fantastic job. This isn't me knocking it, but it's just, it's a 45 minute, 50 minute jaunt now. And uh, that, that has some real impact when Maggie and I are both in the business and she does a lot of, Um, she does a lot of the training and uh, so it does fall on me a fair bit so yeah it's quite a commitment and I have to set aside time just to make that happen no longer can I just race down there grab them and come back again and and just crack on so uh, yeah the joys the joys of COVID so moving on to the fifth area around mindset then and um, obviously there's nothing that challenges you quite like going self-employed and sort of setting out on a venture particularly if you're covering new ground and it can really sort of be quite challenging so um tell tell me a bit about sort of the journey you've been on with mindset
1: i think we had to initially get over the the whole we work a certain amount of hours and we get paid for whatever although that that wasn't so much of an issue as a teacher because you just work all of the hours and you it doesn't make any difference to what you get paid but (laughs) i think we probably work less now than than we did when we were teachers only just but still um that kind of having to work to the bell like the bell rings you have to be in a certain place you've got this amount of time to deliver this amount of content and and so on and so forth and then you have to sprint off to the next place or run off to break duty or whatever from that to being completely self organized was a big jump like it's very tempting to get distracted by oh well i could just pop out to the shops for a little bit this morning because i want you know My time is my own. I don't have any scheduled appointments. There's lots of work to do. I can do it later. Mm. You've got to get past that temptation to come up with a, like a system Mm. to make sure that everything gets done and mapping stuff out for me to make sure that usually I've got a deadline of some kind to work towards. So I'll map out what I've got to do each week. What's my big focus, that kind of thing. And that, that difference in thinking has been quite a big quite a big jump and hmm. you've certainly found that haven't you okay yeah.
2: i mean my last year as a head of department at a, at a secondary school was probably similar to the previous few years but it just seemed to things were getting on top because of the emily said but the you, you work to the bell uh, everything is very um, inflexible I suppose mm. and if I would have for example two free periods where uh, they're not free periods of management so I've got to, I've got stuff to do in those free periods and you you allocate the time before you, you know, before the day starts I know that in that time I'm going to do x y and z and it never works out like that because <laughs> you know, um, some some kid downstairs sort of tells the teacher to do one or f off or whatever and so you, you've got to go and deal with that and and I'm not saying that you know, it's part of my job. So therefore I did it willingly, but the other bits that i had planned in all of a sudden hadn't been done. So for the next lesson, for the next meeting, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. And I, I hated that sort of constant feeling like I was up against it. Yeah. Um, whereas now obviously the whole mindset is, you know, we have deadlines to work to. Um, I think we're still slightly struggling with that because of the, the, children and the lack of kind of uh, ability to focus properly but from monday you know we we, we can be a lot more specific about you know yeah. what, what we what content we need to, uh, to get ready get ready um and and, and work to that a lot, a yeah. lot better yeah mm. there's
1: far less firefighting to do but again that was down to being quite careful about how we structure things. Mm-hmm. So we could get a flood of emails and a flood of Facebook messages each day. And mm-hmm. we certainly were over the the whole exams announcement period. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I got anything done at that point because it was just constantly reacting to what was going on. Yeah. And I couldn't pr- plan and be proactive. So that, that I really struggled with. It's been really nice to get back into my usual mindset of, no, the, these are the inflexible, these are the unmovable items. This is what I'm doing today. I'll fit the other stuff in around if I can, and that's been a lot better. Um, and the other aspect of the mindset stuff is has been to do with the um, customer service side of things. It's really easy when someone cancels their subscription, for example, to beat yourself up, to look back at the last couple of emails you've sent out, and try and figure out what you did wrong and. Decide that it's you, despite the fact that you've got hundreds of other customers who are very happy and are sticking around. Getting over that initial "it must be me" feeling, that feeling of taking it really personally, mm. was a big jump. But I think I'm there. I don't know that you no, are. No, I'm yet. still. It still <laughs> hurts.
2: Uh, and because you know sometimes well, I don't know who wrote the last email it, it, you know we, we kind of tend to juggle it between the two of us but was that the tipping point was there something in there that they didn't like you know it probably yeah. isn't it could be just a financial thing it could just be that um, the team and uh, they you know, the parents child is just not,
1: not engaging not engaging
2: yeah. uh, with anything let alone um, you know the information we're handing over so it, it, again it's a it's a difficult yeah. shift in, in mindset, but uh, Emily's there. I'm, I'm working on it.
1: Yeah, I think mm. because it is content that we've created, it is our baby. Mm. Putting it out there does feel like a very personal thing. Mm-hmm. And if it's then rejected, like when you don't get all the people sign up that you want to get sign up, it, it can feel a little bit personal. Mm. And yeah. getting past that point and going with, no, do you know what? They just weren't the right people or we, it wasn't the right time for them let's keep nurturing this relationship because at some point it could be the right time mm. for them. And you don't know, it might not be right for them, but it might be right for their friend who mm. they'll refer you yeah. to. So getting over that initial wanting to just go fine stuff, you then don't, don't buy my stuff kind of feeling that you kind of get, don't you? That that's a big, um, yeah. that's been a big mindset shift for us. That's been one of the biggest things. Um, but the, the positivity side of what we've, oh do yeah. that's been the most important mindset thing so sure. i um try <laughs> i try to wake up every morning and go today is going to be awesome because generally if i remember to do that i'm right mm. when i forget to do that it's not so awesome mm. and it's it's funny how that works but it does
2: we, we do some uh, occasionally do zoom to zoom one-to-one calls with with our members and hopefully with their teams there And every single call that we've ever done, has just been, it's been fabulous that one, the feedback from the parent and two, the way the child engages and um, it just, puts everything in perspective when you're sitting there doubting and, and wondering if you're doing the right thing and maybe a member did sort of finish last month or something and and you're still smart or i'm still smarting from that you then um see them sort of you know face to face and it's just always they're so grateful for everything you do and you know and and we hear the stories about how the child is really pushing on and it is making a massive difference to both the parent and to the child it, it you know really helps it's very powerful
0: awesome fantastic yeah i think um for me I've been starting to do a lot more of that mindset positive mindset stuff because I I just have this like doomsday thing I don't know why whenever every time I wake up in the morning I just think the world's going to come to an end and every time I go to bed at night I feel think the world's going to come to an end I'll probably let in a little bit more of an insight than I should there but never mind um but I I,
1: 20 has got all of us like that I think (laughs) at the moment
0: (laughs) but uh yeah so I let the dog out to the toilet and I just go and stand outside in the morning it's still dark it is now anyway And uh, because I get up at a ridiculous o'clock and I'll just stand there and do some deep breathing and tell myself everything's amazing. And it does, surprisingly enough, it does work, which is uh, sounds a little bit woo woo, but there we go.
1: (laughs) i put off (laughs) reading Miracle Morning for ages because I was like, I'm not getting up at five, six o'clock. I am not a morning person. I'm definitely a night owl. But I read the book and I, you don't have to get up stupidly early in the morning. It works whenever you wake up. But the process that you go through each morning, the like having a minute's peace and quiet before you let everything kick in, some affirmations and things, you know, visualizing what you're working towards, that kind of stuff, it does make a difference. Mm. And I've got out of the habit of exercise because cause it's exercise and that's frankly hard work. And I know I should. I started doing couch to 5K and then it all got a little bit too hard and I kind of stopped. And then I didn't start again. And it got too
2: hot. Is, I think it was, it was, it was in the, the middle cold. of the summer. That was the excuse. But excuse then it's the going to get anyway. too
1: cold if I start again. Of so course. Yeah. It. And it's going
2: to be too, then it will be too wet,
0: and then and then it will be too hot again by that time.
1: Yeah. Yep. But the other stuff, starting off your day right, but like mindfully is a word that lots of people roll their eyes at because mindfulness became this buzzword for everything and for colouring in and for you know all sorts. But if you actually consciously decide how you're going to start your day it really does set you up
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and I I, I I if anyone's listening i totally agree with that i have my first two hours mapped out same every day now same every day and it does involve some heavy mindfulness stuff as well okay cool and, and
2: in the car in the uh, in the yeah. Hargate loop <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's true that that's sort of a bit later down the line but yeah <laughs> it sort of gets me ready for the calm uh for the for the stress of that um uh, no I, I make sure i set aside the time for it to be honest um okay so finally the half dozen thing is around mentors tell me a bit about sort of who you have if you're happy to tell us who they are or or sort of what
2: they do to help support you yeah uh, well i think by well, the main one that we've we've used um uh, they've been fabulous it's, it's called the one percent club uh and uh, well there's there's two chaps who run it, but uh, Jay, uh Jason, John Lamerton is the author that we we're talking about, who who's uh, Big Ideas, Small Businesses and Routine Machine. And uh his lifelong business partner, Jason, they they run it together and it, it's just been really, really helpful to us from how long we've we been there, probably a couple of years now. Yeah. And they do um three um three coaching calls a month. It's all on Zoom, so you all you kind of get to know each other, it's part of a community. And yeah, you can you can submit questions and they'll be debated and discussed and what have you. And even if they don't know the answer, once again, there's always somebody within the group who has mm-hmm. the expertise, who has an idea, who, and something that you haven't thought of. And yeah. it's been really, really powerful, really excellent.
1: Yeah. And the, the kind of the group ethos is very much, it's not about the hustle. It's about um, your business works for you. You don't work for your business. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's been really, really useful. And um, more recently, we've been doing odds and ends with rob from uh, rob moore from progressive so okay. um we're part of some kind of ma- mindset and mastery kind of things okay. there Mastermind. Watch, watch, Mastermind. This space, cause, watch this space because
0: watch this space because rob's going to be a guest on the podcast very soon
1: easy i've been trying to get him on mine. i'm going to keep trying yeah and um, i'm on the case i'm coming for you rob <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, that's, that's been really useful just because of the diversity of experience of the mentors there. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of a round table of six or seven of them who have very different sets of kind of skill sets, experience and things. So um, whether that's marketing, whether that's um, sort of whatever, mm-hmm. it's all been really useful. So you get a different perspective each time. And that's been very helpful and for me the the other guy, Stu McLaren, who is the guy who runs tribe, which is the uh, the course that I did on memberships he's been invaluable just because he's living exactly what we want to do like he is the membership guy, so by joining his membership, I can literally just go, "What is he doing? How can we do that for our customers because he's had all these years' experience and he's done all the like making mistakes all of the silly bits that he wishes he hadn't done all of the fine tuning, all of the AB testing. And if I can then use that experience and make it apply to our members, that helps me jump past a lot of those pitfalls, which is is huge because there is a massive learning curve. And if you can get yourself a push start, then it's well worth doing, but it's finding the right people, the right mentors. Sometimes you just don't click with someone Mm -hmm. and, You you have to, I think, be quite careful about who you're allowing into your headspace Mm. and the advice that they're giving, because sometimes people just have different priorities. Um, If you're the kind of person who wants to be more relaxed in terms of business, you don't want a mentor who's all hustle, 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 Mm. because that's not going to help you and it's not going to be in alignment with what you're trying to do but having the right people on board is like having a giant board of directors almost who you can go to and say, look, mm. this is the problem we're having. And they'll know what advice to give. Mm. It's um, it's having the right people around you and the right expertise to borrow from makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I think um, learning from other, other people's mistakes is really powerful, isn't it? It can save a lot of time and a lot of money as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's often often worth the investment. Um, I was reflecting on that myself today um so today the podcast went live um that i interviewed neville Wright, who bought who built Kitty care and sold Kitty care for like 70 mil and um he said to me he, there was a few things he said which was re- really resonated but sometimes you listen to people and they say don't elevate people because we're all just human and, and I'm not one for elevating anyone. However, pe- if people have been successful over a period of time and have a lot of experience, you also need to you need to find that balance where, okay, I'm really going to listen to some of the stuff you said. And one of the things that um, I've always struggled with, particularly with the mindset that my parents gave me around security, because um, my dad was a policeman for 30 years, and my mum stayed at home and, and sort of raised us. So a lot of it was around finding a job for life and that sort of thing. So when I left my corporate job, it was like horrific. It was like the worst thing I ever did, particularly with four young children. It was like the most irresponsible thing I've ever done. And um, he said to me, security, you, 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 Everyone, everyone's looking for security. But actually, you end up realizing that it's just a figment of your imagination. And I was like, anyone could have told me that. But the fact that I had someone of his financial stature saying to me, there's no real such thing as security. It is just a figment of your imagination and a headspace that you occupy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really, really powerful, and that and that's sort of the power of a mentor is that often it, when they've been there and done it, the weight of what they say can be life changing or outlook changing. Anyway, and and I think that's really, really important.
1: Yeah, hmm. definitely. I, I was really lucky in that my dad had um, he's a design engineer and he you know did the usual working for people and then set himself up uh, with a design consultancy business that he ran with some other people. Mm. Then he decided to do a crazy, crazy thing. Mm. He's a guitarist um, and uh, he, the guitar capos, so the things that you put on the neck of your guitar that change the pitch, he was using them and they'd always detune his guitar. And he was like, well, I'm a design engineer. I can do better than this. So he designed this capo that did a much better job and decided that he was just going to go off and start this as a business and so I kind of I mean I was a bit young to really understand I was a teenager so I was in my own world at that point but he mm-hmm. set up this business and it's now global um, Eric Clapton has used his capo Ed Sheeran has used his capo really? you know, he's he's doing amazingly well with it but it started with him building prototypes in our garage and so I've been able to watch his journey as well and the the kind of the the initial struggles and then the, the bigger struggles that he's had now, because obviously every challenge when you first face it is this massive thing. And then, you know, a year or so down the road, you look back at that and think, well, that was a walk in the park. Now look at what I'm facing because mm-hmm. your your struggles and your challenges grow with you and seeing all the things that he's gone through and having mm-hmm. him to talk to about this stuff and having him as a role model in terms of you know, stepping out on your own and taking those risks and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That's been really, really useful. I think with getting my head around the fact that I didn't have to just be a teacher for a salary forever and that I could do something different. It was them that started it. They, uh, they cut me out an article from a newspaper about a woman who'd set up some business using fulfilled by Amazon and um, like vitamins or something. Could you do something like that? And I'd been designing the classroom posters for my classroom. Lots of other teachers had seen them and gone, oh, I really like those. Could I have one? And so I started off selling my posters through Fulfilled by Amazon because they do all the shipping. I didn't have to worry about it. I could do it while I was still teaching. That was my first taste of, do you know what? Actually, I don't have to stick in this job that's making me miserable. I could do something different. And that was down to them kind of seeing... A different perspective i suppose so it's well i'm very lucky
2: yeah. i mean there's a story about uh, about her dad where we were all on holiday uh, in a holiday home in grimsby somewhere and we had to come back uh, for a friend's wedding um just for, so we we're going to miss one night. But on the same day that we we're about to set off, something went wrong with one of these capos that her dad had, um, had designed. I think it was during the sort of the testing phase, just before sort mm. of manufacture, et cetera. Uh, it, it snapped, it broke, it had failed, or whatever. And, and you could see sort of, you know, he, he was really troubled by this, he, but he couldn't do anything about it because he was on holiday. But because he knew we were coming back to Peterborough just for literally a few hours, he jumped in the car, came with us, dropped them off at his house. We picked him up 12 hours later to then go back to grimsby having sort of he stayed the night obviously and he'd got this shiny new design um he'd 3d printed it he was sitting there sort of flexing it making sure it works and everything and that is the design he's still using today and he literally because he just had this issue and he wanted to fix it set out all of his brain power to it yeah, no doubt no in the car yeah and um yeah and it's it turns out to be the the sort of almost the probably the best he's yeah. come up with so awesome stuff awesome
0: so I've got one final question for you and I'm just going to frame it a little bit because you've done your half dozen things and I'm conscious about, about us trying to keep it under the hour for our listeners and um, and it's quite a unique position that we're in so I, um, I've i got a slightly warped view of the education system I was quite lucky I went to a nice school in Ca- near Cambridge called Swayversy and um, I got straight A's and A stars at school I did okay and I went to sixth form at Cam- in the Cambridge sixth form and I did a year and I hated it and I left and i would got so much pressure put on me that I was going to go to a red brick university and I was going to do really well and blah 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 and I absolutely hated it and I totally rebelled and I just went out and started working in the kitchen and it's all gone from there for me and now here I am in my mid-30s having not gone full circle now I look at what my children are going through and I look at the education system knowing what I know now what would you change about the education system for children
2: how long have you got
0: <laughs> or is that another episode?
1: Yeah. Um, testing for the sake of testing and mm-hmm. um, particularly in primary school, there is so much coming in when they're really, really young and it sets them up to feel like failures in a lot of cases at the, you know, tender age of five or six, you know, you, you didn't do enough on this reading test because they're just not developmentally ready. Kids all, mm-hmm. you know, develop at different paces and to start off your school career like that is just is too much mm-hmm. it's just too much
2: I'd also say uh, marking for the sake of marking so yeah. from a teacher's point of view I mean there are less and less teachers around there's a huge issue trying to get uh, teachers into the system mm. but um, it, it probably takes up 90% of your time whereas 90% of your time should be spent planning cool lessons making yeah. kids be more engaged making sort of comments that you have to make in the right what colour.
1: What went well and yeah. even better is
2: you know full well it's not going to help the child to learn. Having those conversations in class about what's so good about their work and how they could improve is fantastic but there's no evidence. Only the child has heard yeah. that. Only you remember saying it. So therefore it's not good enough yeah. for the powers that be. And until they get round that, you know, individual yeah. school some some are really good at it but some are not, until they understand that actually planning cool lessons is what's going to make yeah. kids really engage and really want to be there. Um, that's the, the big shift that needs to happen.
1: Well, the, the biggest overarching thing that we could do that would improve the education system is actually treating teachers like professionals, not checking up on them every five seconds. Yeah. If we trusted our teachers to do the amazing job that we know they're gonna do, because you don't get into teaching for the money, mm-hmm. it's a lot of work and you you do it because you love it, because you wanna make a difference. If we could keep that passion because we're not throwing offset at them every five seconds, then I think we could make a really big difference. But at the moment, everything is the teacher's Mm. fault. You'll have seen it in the news lately, Mm. the headlines about how teachers are trying to block children from coming back or no teachers are trying to make sure children can come back safely, given COVID and so on. Um, And I think if we could trust our teachers that a little bit more, in fact, a lot more, that would... That would be the biggest thing that would make a difference. Yeah, because 100%. that way they can enjoy their job, which means students enjoy it a lot more that it takes away a lot of the pressure. So yeah.
0: Yeah, hundred hundred percent. So Maggie's just joined us as well in the room. She's just come to get her coffee from Starbucks as well. <laughs> She's <laughs> training. Um, but no, I I totally agree with you. And um, you have to listen to Neville Wright's episode, which came out today because he shares he was dyslexic and really struggled at school, told for 15 years he was stupid. And um he uh yeah, he shares a really interesting insight towards the end about kids being fleas and being put in a jar and hitting the top of the jar and then you take the you take the lid off and they only ever jump as high as the top of the jar anyway
2: yeah <laughs> yeah well, quite a simplified
0: view of things anyway, but um nonetheless i I think i un- I think my position is I, I understand the system and I understand why it needs to be there, and I think there's some fantastic teachers and I know them you know I've got friends that are absolutely fantastic, but it's a lot like anything else that's compliance based, particularly in the field we're in with health and safety for a lot of years it's just become about box ticking, arse covering and all all the yeah. bureaucracy that comes along with it and um, yeah. actually, if we start focusing on outcomes um I never really thought about it
2: being compliance based but that's exactly yeah. what teaching is yeah, yeah. market yeah. scrutiny's um lesson observations OFSTED, it's it's all compliance it's compliance so it's exactly like of
0: yeah exactly and and so we we prescribe to the safety differently mindset which is around let's look at outcomes let's not just look about checking this for the sake of checking it a million times and ticking this box and ticking that box let's actually look at you know let's look at um really impacting really having the effect really making a change making something different change mindsets culture and and, and those sorts of things which are far more important
1: mm-hmm.
0: so well thank you for joining me on today's half dozen things podcast um for listeners where do where do, if people have sort of had their interest peaked where can they come and find your work emily and paul
1: um, so, parentguide to gcse.com or parentguide to post16.com or search for either of those things on Facebook. We've got a page and a group. So, there's a community of like minded parents who can uh, share your woes <laughs> and help give advice along the way.
0: Amazing amazing it sounds absolutely fantastic it's really piqued my interest as well so i'm gonna make sure i get on the podcast and come and check it out join the group if i can um but yeah fantastic to have you on here i hope listeners you really enjoyed it if you have um tune into their podcast give it a listen um if you'd leave our ours a review and share it then that's fantastic So we like to sort of share our story and and help more and more people so um, thank you guys for joining us and uh, catch you all again next week really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name is Pete Rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon